Episode 159 is brought to you by Invisalign. Invisalign treatment is the clear and virtually invisible solution for straightening your teeth and to help you exude confidence. Hi, welcome to my mum's show. <laughs> My name is Julia Husher and thank you so much for joining me today. If you are a new listener, then I want to wish you a very warm welcome. And if you are a regular listener, welcome back. Thank you so much to everybody who has contacted me about the third birthday for this podcast. It's very exciting and I just appreciate your support so much. Thank you so much to my latest reviewers. Today's shout out is from Rachel, I think, in Atlanta in the United States and she wrote, I love this podcast. I left my husband exactly a year ago and no longer have a TV in my room. So podcasts are my new distraction as I'm falling asleep. Lately, this podcast has been my go-to. I love the friendly, positive, empowering attitude and I'm so inspired by the other single mums stories. I especially love the Ask Julia episodes. Many other divorce-related podcasts I've tried have been preachy, whiny or just dwell on the past. I love this podcast for its ability to dive into important challenges and painful subjects without resorting to any of the negativity. Well done. Well, Rachel in Atlanta, thank you. Seriously, that makes my day. I'm so glad you love it. And I'm especially glad that you like the Ask Julia episodes because that is exactly what today's episode is. So thank you for leaving that review. And if you do listen to this podcast and you haven't left a review yet, I would be so grateful if you could do that. Leaving a review makes this podcast easier for new single moms to find. So that would be incredible. Thank you so much. Okay, so grab yourself a cup of tea or something to relax. I've got a few questions here that I hope you can get something out of as well. And I'm sorry about my voice. I feel like still struggling. Like winter's actually only like half a week away or something. And I'm hanging out for it because I mean, not in the States, obviously, not everywhere in the world, but oh my gosh, I've been sick for our entire winter and I just need the weather to warm up. I'm, I get really affected by like the elements, the environment and um, yeah, this cold weather, it is just not working for me. (laughs) So bring on summer. I'm excited. Okay. So I've got a couple of questions I want to go over today. So let's just get straight into it. So the first question is, hi, Julia, I wanted to reach out to you to get your opinion on something. Here is my story. My ex and I separated on civil terms and we co-parented well for a while. We separated over two and a half years ago. We still did things as a family, all for the kids, and they are happy. At least I'm working my butt off to keep making them happy emotionally and mentally. He was still friendly with my family at some family events and I was okay with it. We communicated well as co-parents. He started seeing someone last year and he came to tell me that he was and I was more than okay with it. He said that he would respect the kids and our families and not advertise on social media, which I was grateful for. A few months ago, he started seeing another person. He has had many since, it seems, who is more than half his age. His age is 48. She's a young Thai girl, probably early 20s. He goes out all the time, 
cuts his time with his kids, even the one overnight the kids have with him per week, for him to hit the town. He says that he has an early start on Monday morning and he can't drop the kids off at school, but he is out on Sunday night because it is on social media. I have told him many times before to please keep that stuff private. He can do whatever he wants, but keep it private for the sake of all our families. He posts pictures of his new girlfriend from the neck down all the time while she is holding a glass of wine, eating food and so on. It's so immature. He doesn't seem to care and does what he wants. He goes out all weekend, posts it all on social media, like he is having a midlife crisis. I don't care what he does. I care for when my children are with him and how his behavior may reflect on them. He came to me a month ago to say that he wants to take the kids to America for 10 days in January. I said that I wasn't comfortable for him to go on his own with the kids and I've factored in many scenarios. The kids are nine and seven. He kindly said it may be good to have us both there, which I agreed. I would pay my own way, separate rooms, etc. When he found out a few months ago it was my niece's daughter's christening and he wasn't invited, he was livid because for our entire marriage he had had a good relationship with my niece. I tried to explain to him that he should expect that once two people are separated and he has clearly moved on because everyone can see it, that families and relationships will grow distant. He doesn't get it. He made a big song and dance about it, even said that I should have him, I should have had him invited. I said, it's not my event. I can't make that call. To retaliate, he has decided that he does not want me to go on the trip to America, that I should not stop the kids from experiencing a trip of a lifetime and that I will ruin the trip. We are not good together under any scenario. He even decided to tell the kids that I was not going on this trip. He made the kids upset. My daughter started crying because she doesn't want to go without me. My son cried because he hated his dad's his dad to react that way and argue with me. Since this time, he has decided that he does not want me there. I've had anxiety. I've seen my doctor and she gave me some anxiety medication to deal with it. I know he is planning this in January 2020, but still every day is a lead up to it. I even said that if he goes alone, what if something happens to him? What if something happens to the kids? America is not a one hour flight for me to get there. I'm so concerned about the kids. He's good with them. But as a mother, you can't help but worry and think of every scenario. He then decided to say that he plans on taking his new partner. He said that it was a new relationship. It is a way off, but it will be considered. To be honest, it gave me a little relief. But now I feel that he will be rushing a relationship so that he can take another adult just so that he doesn't have to resort to allowing me to go he has been horrible to say the least I just wish that he can make this about the kids that's what co-parenting is all about to put the kids first and not our own issues any advice oh boy first of all thank you so much for getting in touch Uh, secondly, this doesn't even just apply to this person, but to everybody who has written in questions or is listening, please keep in mind that I don't know the entire story of what's going on. Like I get a little snippet of someone's situation. So all I'm sharing here is my thoughts on what's been written. And I guess what I would do in that situation, um, or how I would try to handle it. But please keep in mind that it's not like what I say is the answer because, you know, you know, you know your situation and maybe what I say is not accurate. Just keep that in mind. Okay, so it sounds like it's been pretty good until recently to me. Um, I guess my comments on your situation are 
At the very beginning, you said that he was still friendly with your family and was at some family events and you were okay with that and that you communicated quite well as co-parents. And then later on, um, that it was your niece's daughter's christening and that he wasn't invited and he was livid because for your entire marriage, he'd he'd had a good relationship with your niece. I think maybe he doesn't understand how it went from being invited to family events to not being invited this is just what I'm getting from reading your thing. I think he's maybe he's feeling hurt because he doesn't understand how it went from one thing to the next. I don't know. Obviously, it's not your party. It's not your christening. You have no say. But I think what could help is maybe just trying to empathize with him a lot of the time we get defensive right so like your ex comes to you he goes hey how could this happen I'm so upset I thought your niece and I got along great what's happened you know I'm really upset and then instead of going um I know I'm really sorry like it would have been really nice if you could have come which might have just kind of softened the blow we kind of go what do you expect you know and then it then it sort of goes on to this other tangent of oh you know but you've been doing this on social media blah 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 it turns into a fight that's not relevant to the situation I think trying to dig deeper into why he's upset which is kind of I think it's nice you know he obviously cares about your niece um, and he feels excluded. That is just my opinion. Remember that. Now, second of all, in terms of all this social media stuff, okay, um, you said he goes out all the time. You know, he he goes he posts these pictures of the girls. Blah blah blah. Honestly, I'm a big believer in just cutting social media ties with exes. It's just something that we don't need to be a part of. We don't need to see our exes' lives pop up on our newsfeed when it's unexpected. And the way the Facebook algorithm works is that they show you stuff that you think you want to see. And how they work out what they think you want to see is because you you don't even need to like something or comment on something. If you are just spending an extended period of time, like looking at someone's posts or clicking on a link, even if you have no reaction to it in terms of liking or that's sad or whatever, leaving an emoji, Facebook will still recognize, ah, this person is interested in this person's post. So I'm just going to keep pumping them out to them. So you're probably getting them all the time because you're going, what's happening now? And then you're clicking through the photos, you know, which is completely understandable. And most people would do exactly the same thing. But that's why I think it's really a good idea to just cut social media ties. And if you don't, if you think it's going to cause an argument, then all you need to do is in your settings or just like click when they come up in the corner, you can click on the dots and there'll be an option. It will say, I don't want to see this person's posts. And then just don't look at their page. Try not to worry about what they are doing because it will drive you mad. I know how you feel when you say that you care, you know, for, that you're not worried about, you don't care what he does, but you're worried about the children and how his behaviour is and how it rubs off on them. And um, I really, really hear you. It's a really hard one because I feel exactly the same. You know, I, I do not agree with the way that my daughter's dad parents her. I just don't. There's things I don't like. I don't like the diet. I don't like the lack of routine. I don't like the, you know 
sleeping time, just being whenever. I don't like the, you know, not getting out of the house, like staying in pajamas all day, every day and just not doing anything. I don't like that. But something that I came to the realization to a while ago was that I could keep fighting it and I could keep going, oh, why does he do this? And he drives me crazy and that's not good for my daughter and rah, rah, rah. And just instead sort of focus on what is good about him, you know, because it's not a secret that I don't think I'm not his number one fan, you know, and he's not mine. But I try to look at his good sides and I go, you know what, at least he cares He loves our daughter. You know, he may not parent her in the way that I would, but he loves her. She loves him. She has fun, you know, those sorts of things. And um, also it doesn't happen very often. And if that's just the one thing that you have to focus on, maybe it's that. You said that, uh, you know, he cuts his time with the kids, even the one overnight they have with him, you know, so he can hit the town. If that's what he's going to do, like... Either we get all upset about it, which is fine, and I think there's definitely a time and a place for that, but also you can't extend, you can't for an extended period of time hold on to those feelings. So I think um, that's just kind of what it is, and you've either got the choice to accept it or you can do something about it in the ter- in the way of mediation or you know, getting a letter sent from your lawyer or anything like that because talking to him if it's anything like my ex is not going to do anything. In fact, (laughs) it'll probably make it worse. So that is kind of how I would handle that stuff. In terms of not going to the trip to America, I like, I don't know, I was reading through this and I was like, what would I do? I think I would actually just go, if I felt, it sounds like you're feeling a lot of anxiety about it. And probably if it were me, and I was feeling that same level of anxiety, I would probably be saying, you know what? I'm coming anyway. So that's how it's going to be. You know, if you want the kids to go, they're not with you that often. I'm not saying don't take them. I'm just saying coming along. So that's what it is. Take it or leave it. You know, that's probably what I would do. But having said that, I also think as women, we do tend to be really anxious about things and um, we just cannot control everything they do. You know, earlier this year, my ex came, he flew to Sydney. He doesn't live in Sydney. For those that don't know, he flew to Sydney. He told me that he was taking our daughter to Townsville. Turns out they didn't even go to Townsville. They went to Brisbane, you know, which is like 10 hours away. So I was livid when they got back, livid, because I was like, that's not fair. You need to tell me where you're going you know, and we had this big argument about it. Um, But something I realized is like, they really, they can do whatever they want. You know, like they can even say one thing. He could just say, I'm going next door for a week, really. And we wouldn't know what they do. And I think it's really hard because as a part of this kind of separation thing that is just letting go and it's not natural for us to like say goodbye to our kids and for them to go away overseas without us, like that is not a normal kind of you know, natural mothering scenario. It's very, very, very hard. I really feel for you. I totally understand the anxiety. I do. So I think, um, yeah, either just say you're coming or just try to kind of manage the anxiety in some way and just sort of remind yourself that he's going to do what he's going to do. He's a good dad. And, um, you know, the kids will be fine and they'll have a good time. And I think on that as well, it's very important to... Try not to see your kids seeing that you're stressed because sometimes kids kind of give us what we what what they think we want. Like last time my daughter came back and she told me she had a terrible time with her dad. And I was like, 
you don't have to say that to me because, you know, you think that I'm really sad when you're not here. I was like, I am very sad when you're not here. I do miss you, but I want you to have a good time, you know, and I'm not going to be happy if you're not happy. I want you to have fun. You know, I hope you have fun. You know, you don't spend a lot of time with him and I have fun when you're not here too. And it doesn't mean we don't love each other and it doesn't mean we don't miss each other, but you're okay. You know, you're okay to have fun with dad. It's fine. You know, I want you to have fun. I think if they, if they see you getting all anxious and sad, and then you tell them that you're anxious and sad, then that's going to make them anxious and sad. And then, you know, it's just, um, it's, and then it's more kind of stressful. I don't know. I, 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 I hope I haven't come across as too harsh. Sometimes I don't express myself very well. Yeah, those are just my thoughts on it anyway. And um, I hope that helps in some way. And um, hopefully, you know, he can make this about the kids. And hopefully you all end up going to America together. I really do, because that would be great. That would be amazing for the kids to, to, you know, I've been asking my ex to do that for years. I think I would love to go on a holiday. I can't even believe I'm saying it. Like, I wouldn't love it. (laughs) It would actually be pretty shit, but I would do it for my daughter and I would put on a happy face and it would be the best holiday. You know, that's what my daughter would think anyway. So I think it's great. And if you could do it, um, it would be amazing. It would be incredible. So good luck and thanks for writing in. Okay, the next question is, Hi, love. I hope you're doing really well. I have a question for you. How do you cope with the lack of response to emails and texts from your ex? My ex won't respond either at all or within a reasonable time frame, and it's doing my head in. I've had to book my daughter into a speech therapist on his day for an hour and he won't and he won't respond with a confirmation that he'll meet me with her at that time. I've got five months left before I can no longer apply for a financial settlement, which I've always been adamant that I won't do. But there's part of me that's starting to think, do I? to get his attention that he can't just walk all over me. I've been advised to keep her home and drop her back after the appointment, but I never want to be accused of keeping the children from him. I'm thinking I'll just cancel the appointment and in the future never tell him about any appointments. He doesn't pay for them anyways. and Just keep it on my day. What do you think? Okay, so this question is actually sent in from a past client of mine. You know who you are. Thank you for sending me your question and um, – I love you and I hope you're doing well. So first of all, what I would say to you is yes, what you said right at the end, I would not have the appointment. Some of these things, it's just not worth the drama, you know, like you just got to work around it. So in terms of how I cope with lack of responses to emails and texts, yes, it drives me fucking crazy. It really does. But no expectations is how I manage it. I actually texted him a couple of days ago because it's coming up to the school holidays and I want to book a flight because it's our turn to go there. So it was about dates, you know, and I was like, just confirming these dates work for you. And I didn't hear, and and the thing is I sent it off and I wasn't sitting there waiting for a response because I knew it wasn't going to happen. I thought, well, you know, I probably won't hear from him for a week or two. That's fine. And I've, I've sent it early enough so that I've got that time up my sleeve. Anyway, as it happened, he actually responded 24 hours later, but it's one of those things where if you don't have any expectations, then you won't get disappointed. You know, I just, I don't think that we can expect that from people like them because they just, and you know what, I think they kind of don't respond because they either don't care or they, you know, like to rile you up because they know it pisses you off. And I feel like that's what my ex does to me. <laughs> but who knows? I'm speculating. I think in the future, 
book all the appointments that you need to do on your days. I wouldn't go so far as to saying not don't tell him about them, but I would I would probably tell him about them, but I would just to avoid this from happening and I think you know, you did end up cancelling the appointment when I emailed you, but I think just keep the appointments for things. If you can't rely on your ex, keep the appointment on days when it is your day. Tell them about it. That way you've done the right thing. They know it's happening. Just so you know, you know, I've booked her in for this appointment on this day. I know the appointment falls on my day, but if you wanted to come along, you're more than welcome. I wouldn't be doing any financial settlements just to get his attention, you know, and to try to prove a point. I think you don't want to be doing those games, you know, you, you don't want to be doing those games. If you want to do a financial settlement, that's a different story, you know, and make sure you're just doing it for the right reasons. I wouldn't be saying do this or do that to make a point or to play games. I just think then we're kind of stooping to their level. You know, we don't need that. We don't need that in our lives. It's not kind of tit for tat, if you know what I mean. So it's bloody annoying. And I hear you, it's bloody annoying, but um, it's one of those things where it comes back to it's the whole mindset stuff that we talked about as well. And just accepting that is how they are. You know, they are not going to change. If we keep expecting them to, or hoping that they will, we will get disappointed. My ex hasn't changed in six years. He's the same guy. The only thing that's changed is my, the way I manage it and my kind of mindset around it and my lack of, I guess, getting upset by his actions and um, just doing what I can from my end and focusing on that. So anyway, I hope that helps you. Okay, so before we carry on to the next question, I wanted to have a little bit of a chat with you about Invisalign because Invisalign is our sponsor today. Now, I've just started Invisalign treatment about six weeks ago. It was a big decision for me. I'm going to link to a blog post in the show notes. My teeth are a huge deal to me. They have created so much trauma in my life that when I chose to go with Invisalign, I had to make sure it was the right decision. My dentist, who I absolutely love, her name is Statilla. She's at Bright Smile Dental in Coogee, and I'll put the link in the show notes. If you are in Sydney, I would highly recommend going to see Statilla. We have been seeing her for years. My daughter absolutely loves her. She's the only person I know who literally runs into the dental, <laughs> like into the dental office. She's so excited. She loves it there. Statilla is amazing. She's incredible for kids and she's also incredible for adults. And I just think she's amazing. And I feel like we're so lucky to have found her. I would drive for hours literally <laughs> to go and see her because she's just made so much of difference to me. And I know that she has my back when it comes to my teeth. And that is something that's important to me because of what I've written in the blog post. You can read it. So Basically, I've been wanting to fix my bite for a long time. I have a really bad overbite. And what that means is that it's actually really hard for me to eat. I cannot take a bite, for example, from a piece of toast at the front of my teeth. It'll just slide right out. I need to kind of cavewoman style eat it from the side. Same with like pizza. I have to use a knife and fork because if I try to take a bite of it, it just slides out. Also my speech. So I have to put considered effort into my S sounds because if I don't, I sound like I have a lisp. So there is no lazy speaking. I have to put a lot of 
consideration (laughs) into my speaking, which I find very frustrating because I like to speak. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, it's kind of nice to relax and not have to put effort into your sounds. And I feel like I have to put a lot of effort into my sounds. So aesthetically, it wasn't a big thing for me. I didn't really care how it looked because I was like oh it's fine like from the front you know it doesn't matter but because of the eating and the speaking situation it was something that had to be done so when I started thinking about it I you know talked to Statilla about it she's been encouraging me for a while to get the bite sorted and then something really interesting happened actually I got approached by a company it was an alternate company who do teeth straightening now I was quite keen to go ahead they wanted me to be an ambassador for them I was very excited so I spoke to Statilla about it and I said what do you think what's this company like obviously I want to make sure my teeth are not going to be stuffed up I need to make sure that I'm using the right product for my teeth And she did some research into it, spoke to some colleagues and suggested that I do not go ahead with this company. She said that there's, it's too new, there's not enough research and the best option was Invisalign. And I just trust her completely. So Invisalign it was. (laughs) And I just started and I'm so excited. I cannot wait to eat again properly. I cannot wait to speak again properly. And um, I think it's going to look fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to sharing a bit about my journey. And I'm really confident that I'm going with the best treatment plan on the market. Because when it comes to my teeth, I'm just not going to compromise. I'm going to make sure that it is the best because you've only got one set, you know, so I want to make sure it's good. Well, I guess technically we have two, but (laughs) unfortunately my first set are gone. So I want to make sure that I don't stuff it up. I want to make sure it looks great. I want to make sure I get the outcome that I want. The technology is incredible. Like beyond anything I could ever imagine and I know that I've got the best thing out there and the most researched and it's just incredible so I'm so excited to share this journey with you you can check it out on Instagram as well I'm at single mother survival guide I've been sharing a few things on there as well I've got some videos coming up I'm very excited to share my journey with you to get my Invisalign smile so stay tuned and thank you for sponsoring this podcast episode Okay, the final question I'm going to cover today is from this person who wrote, Dear Julia, I have been wanting to ask some questions for your advice for quite some time, but I feel there is so much to my story that I don't know where to start. I listen to your podcasts week by week as you share some really amazing advice and so much of it I've used throughout my journey. Being a single mother is like a never ending roller coaster ride. There are many ups and downs and sometimes I feel like I'm just going around and around in circles. I was with my ex for four years. I left him when our son was just four months old. He will be three in September. So I have been a single mother for nearly three years my relationship with my ex was an abusive one almost right from the beginning physically mentally and financially we tried to work on things a couple of times however it was no environment for a newborn baby I was being physically hurt in front of our son and I knew it needed to stop we have a DVO in place for the maximum length of five years my ex broke the DVO nine months in he contacted me and I was silly enough to respond and meet up with him sure enough I was being hurt all over again He ended up being sentenced to 18 months in prison, however, was released on parole after only four months. He was only out of prison for three months before returning back 
again, this time not on DV charges. This time he was charged for possession of a firearm without a licence. Him and a friend he had made in jail broke into a home and stole four guns. I thought I would give you a quick rundown on my story in the hope that it will help you understand my fears and make it easier for you to give advice if you have time. Totally fine if you don't. I understand you would get flooded with emails and messages daily. I have tried dating, taken a break, tried again, taken a break. I don't think I'm ready to let someone new close to me. I'm not ready to commit to anyone. I just love being a single mom right now. I love making memories with my son, just the two of us. I think there is something special about a mother-son bond, especially the one I have with my son, as I truly believe if it wasn't for my son, I would still be with my ex. In the past, I've joined Tinder purely to make friends because I lost all my friends when I was with my ex. I quickly learned that most males are not on Tinder to make friends. In the past, I was so scared of hanging out with guys because I was scared they would make a move on me, and the thought of that made me feel uncomfortable. However, now I'm in a different mindset. I joined Tinder last Monday, matched a guy from my gym, talked for a week, and then on Sunday night, I went to his house. We slept together twice, and it was really good. For the rest of the night and the next day, I was so happy with myself. I felt like for once, I was straight up with what I wanted, and I was satisfied. I didn't feel used because really, we were using each other. However, I went over again on Wednesday night, and pretty much we were having sex 10 minutes after I arrived. And once it was over, he kind of expected me to leave straight away. I understand neither of us want anything serious, but this time I did feel a little bit shit. What do you think I should do? My two main concerns with dating and hookups is that my ex always made it very clear that if he ever heard anything about me with another guy, that he would go after that guy and then me. And I actually believe that. He is currently in jail, but I'm scared of what he may be capable of when he gets out. After all, last time he got last time he got out, he was breaking into homes and stealing guns. What was his intentions with those guns? What kind of friends is he making in jail? Will he have his jailmates do his dirty work? Is it easier to not involve myself with other guys? Am I just setting myself up to be hurt? I'm scared of him coming out and seeing me on Tinder. I'm scared of one day passing him at the shops or eating out. Should I feel fearful of him or should I try to let those feelings go? What happens if he comes out and tries to arrange supervised visits through family court? What happens in five years' time when the DVO is over? My son is also protected on the order. Do I let them spend time together and give him the chance to build a relationship? I'm so scared of this man that I used to love so much. Part of me still does and probably always will. But I feared for my life many times during our relationship that I don't ever want to let him back in. I would love to hear any advice you have regarding dating and hookups. Also, any advice you have around fear of the unknown, the future and any other advice you would like to give. Oh, goodness me. Okay, we have to have a chat. You've been through so much and I just really feel for you. What I'm sensing in your email is fear, fear of the unknown. And that's a very scary place to be. I've, I've been where you've been, but not as bad because the experience that I had with the domestic violence, I didn't have a child. And I think that makes it so much harder. So first of all, I guess, in terms of the guy that you were dating that you said, what, what do you think I should do when you said you went there and, you know, you had a great time and you kind of, you know, you felt like you were satisfied and you had fun and then you were really happy. But then the next time you felt shit, I don't know what you should do, but what I would do is if it makes you feel shit, don't do it. Like it sounds like he's made you feel really used and no one wants that. It's one thing to sleep with someone. That's great. You know, like if you're both on the same page, but that you still need to have respect for each other and, you know, you're still human beings. And for him to just be like, 
uh, okay, you need to go now. Like you've come what you're here for and now go. Like, I don't know. I'm not really down with that. I think there's still like a bit of respect that needs to be in place. And if you're not feeling it, then I would just stay away from this guy if that were me. There's plenty of other guys who you can sleep with, who you can tell what you want. You can be on the same page and you know who will respect you and not act like that that's my personal opinion okay now in terms of your ex and dating and stuff like normally I really feel like living in fear is not a place to be it's not somewhere it's not the way you want to live your life but in this situation and in many domestic violence situations I think you do have to be a little bit mindful at least in terms of what you would do so I think you need to absolutely live your life. Absolutely. But you need to be careful about it, I think. So that means, you know, not having any connections to him on social media, really making sure that your privacy settings are, you know, top notch. I would actually think about even starting new accounts. You don't want this guy to find you. I would not have your photo as a profile picture. I would actually have a different name. Like it probably sounds a little bit dramatic, but those are the kinds of things that I would be doing because I don't want this guy to find me. Block him, of course, as well, but you've got to be really careful. You've also got to be really careful with who you trust and who you tell what to and what you do put on social media. So I wouldn't be putting anything on there that he might see you know and if you're not sure who you can trust then you just don't say anything and let you know because you don't know your private social media facebook page or whatever instagram you know people can take screenshots if you do say stuff so you just be careful is my advice to you be careful go and have fun but be careful you know and just don't say what you're doing don't tell people sort of necessarily what you're doing like on who you're hooking up with and I wouldn't be telling them about your ex just in case they have a connection I don't know that I mean that's what I would be doing um maybe I would be too anxious about it though I don't know but I think in a situation like that you know he's been in jail before for hurting you by the sounds of it and you've just got to be careful. So there's a lot of questions here. You know, what was his intention with the guns? What kind of friends is he making in jail? Will he have his jailmates do his dirty work? Um, I don't know. I have no idea who this guy is or what the fuck his problem is. And, you know, what I, I don't understand it, these people anyway, but I don't know what his intentions are. I think you've always got to look at these situations like worst case scenario, because you've got to be careful, you've got to protect you and you've got to protect your son. I don't think you need to say it's easier to not involve yourself with other guys, I think. And are you setting yourself up to be hurt? I don't know. I would be scared of him seeing you on Tinder as well. I would be kind of putting my filters on so that he can't see you, like whether it's the age, like blocking his age out or location or I don't know, whatever way you can. Maybe even not having a photo of yourself is the best thing to do. I think you've just got to be so careful. I don't think that it means though that you can't go out and involve yourself with other people. Like you've still got to live your life. As I said, you know, you've just got to be careful about it. Um, in terms of all the other questions, like, you know, what happens if he comes out and tries to arrange supervised visits through the court? What happens in five years time? Um, when the DVO is, is over, do you let them spend time together? I think don't worry about that right now. I know it's really hard because it's like that unknown and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And I want to know this, this, this. I know I totally hear you on that. But I think 
I guess, I mean, in five years time, you can get it extended if you need to, you know, first of all, because of the fact that your son is also protected on the order, you know, not knowing the whole story, I would say, no, I wouldn't let them have a relationship. He, this guy sounds evil. And, um, you know, if I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be initiating any relationship if it were my child. I would be like, you don't deserve to have a relationship with our child. That's just me though, you know, and I don't know the entire story, but that is, I would be very careful there. In terms of you saying that, you know, part of you still loves him and probably always will, I just want to say to you, like, you're not alone there, you know. Um, I've, I've been through domestic violence myself, as I said. I've spoken to a lot of people who've been in abusive relationships and it's very confusing, that whole love aspect, because you do still love people. And this is the thing, though, you think you will always love them, but you don't. You don't at all. One day you'll wake up and you'll go, what the fuck was I thinking? I do not love this person at all. You will. I promise you that. I think you're amazing. I think you've got your whole life in front of you. This is the best opportunity for you to really make the most of your future. You don't have to have this evil person in your life. Well done for getting yourself out of this situation. And I'm excited for you and your future. And, you know, I hope you meet a really nice guy. And also know, though, your worth. You know, and if you're sleeping with anyone or you're dating anyone who's making you feel like shit, they just don't deserve to be with you. And they just don't deserve to have sex with you either, quite frankly. So only let the best in is my advice to you. Okay, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for contacting me and for trusting me with your your stories and wanting my thoughts on it. I really appreciate that. It means so much to me. Please keep in mind though that they are my thoughts, you know. It's not like the be all and end all. So please take everything with a grain of salt. You know your situation. You know what's best. And um, I probably do have a bit of a tough love approach. So if I have said something that has made you feel like offended, I'm really sorry. It's not my intention at all. I think I think all single moms are amazing and you're all incredible and everyone is just trying to do their best, you know, and that is all we can do. If you want to get in touch with me and send me a question, you can email me at julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com. You can also contact me and connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at singlemothersurvivalguide. As I mentioned at the start, I'd love you to rate this podcast. And if you have a few minutes, even writing a review would just be so amazing. And it does help single moms find this podcast more easily. If you want to check out other podcast episodes or read the blog, just pop on over to the Single Mother Survival Guide website, which is www.singlemothersurvivalguide.com. And on the website, there's also a link on the homepage where you can join the Single Mother Survival Guide Support Forum, which is a Facebook group for us all to connect with each other. And that link will take you straight there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day or evening, depending on where you are and when you're listening. And I'm really looking forward to speaking with you again next week. Okay, bye for now.